It is my pleasure to introduce uh, Hormoz. Um, as many of you heard him today, uh, he has uh, an amazing heart and ministry uh, for the Muslims, but for all really people of the Middle East. And and tonight we're going to hear from him again. I, I, I Again, we're really honored to have you come and, and present. And I thank also Gary and Amy for taking care of him. And for all those who've been praying this week, for all the health of the people that <laughs> they came uh, and for travel, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a difficult week, but uh, God is good. And uh, again, thank you for, for coming and appreciate it. Welcome back for inviting. It's an honor to be here and share. Uh, I want to talk about what the lessons we can learn from persecuted church. When you think about them, you may think, oh, they're weak Christians and they're so needy. They are needy, but they're not weak. And uh, they can, they need our help, but we can uh, use their help also. So uh, tonight I'm going to share a few things. I watched them. You know, we uh, uh, planted churches in Northern California. Then right after September 11, there was an opportunity to buy one hour of airtime from a secular channel to from, from satellite to go into people's houses and share the gospel in the Middle East. And from day one, we saw so many responses. Day and night, our phone calls were ringing of the Muslims asking questions, a few uh, uh, cursing us, but mostly very positive and came to Christ. And uh, today we have over 35,000 names of people who have called us, even though our phones are blocked and calling us is so dangerous. So we use that connection, not just to bring converts, but started planting churches, underground churches. So using media to plan healthy, multiplying churches as a challenge, but a doable. You start with media, you don't finish with media. You start with media, you connect people, then you do it online, then face-to-face. -face. Uh, but as a part of that ministry and church planting, naturally comes persecution. Some of our leaders have been arrested. Our groups uh, in Iran uh, has a very high standard of security. So relatively, our group has had very few arrests, but we've had arrests, tortures, and when I saw their reactions to persecution, uh, my faith was strengthened, and I hope you will too. I'm going to start by sh showing you uh, a clip from one of our leaders. His name is, uh, he calls himself Iman, but uh, um, his real name is Ali, so I put, the, put it up because he's not in Iran anymore. And he, evangelist, bold, and then he was arrested. Uh, he was arrested several times and tortured. So when he came out of Iran, this is when he was out of Iran, and I interviewed him, asked him a few questions, and I hope you can read uh, as he speaks, because he speaks Farsi, and I hope you can uh, understand what's going on. So let's go, yeah, let's watch the video. Okay. 
It's working with delay. Okay. Yeah, we could we could yeah, move forward, but uh, if you have it ready at any time, just give you a flavor uh, of the story. He he was in jail, and I asked him about how did he, what happened in jail, and how was his reaction, and just uh, that would be very encouraging. So I'm going to uh, share three lessons uh, we can learn from uh, persecuted Christians. Uh, one of them. Are we, is it coming? Okay. Is it playing? Okay. Let's try it one more time. Now we're going back. Okay. Let's see. If not, that's okay. I have another video showing. Zendan Budiro Tosif Bedi. Khoda to Kalbet Chikarmikad. Ayo Behale Hodet Afsus Mikordi to Zendan Budi. Ayon Asaboni Budi Hoda. Man Ketoro Head Matkardam. Tochara Gozoshi Manija Bosham. Behamun Delu Ruhiato. Chiftek Rai. تو فکر تو بود وقتی اونجا بودی من رو گرفتن گفتن علل حساب تا ده روز فعلا برو برای آگاهی ببرید برای بازمین نه من همونجا گفتم وای یعنی نه من نفس من گفت وای زندگی میخوام سه تا بچه همسرتم شاغل معلم اصلا زندگی میخوام ولی گفتم خداوندا من به تو اعتماد دارم کارهای تو نیکوه و اینی که تو امروز کار داری منو فرستادی تو این زندان شاید اینجا کسایی هستن یعنی روح خدا برای من باز میکرد میگم اینجا کسایی هستن نمیتونن بیام بیرون و تو اومدی اینجا دیدم ای پس من اینجا در حال خدمت هستم خدا رو شکر میکنم در بار اول توی سمنان من یک ماه دستگیر شدم چون همون یک ماه خدا رو شکر میکنم 23 نفر به عیسی مسیح ایمان آوردن و دو نفر سه نفر اونا واقعا پای اعدامی 2300 نفر اونجا بود با هزاران نفر در ارتباط بودم ایمان دارم که اونجا خداوند کارهای عجیب کرد مسیحیت کاملا برای اونا شناخته شده شد یعنی اصلا اینجوری نیست شما فکر کنید مثلا ما رفتیم اونجا بی صدا بودیم اصلا واقعا مثل بمبی که در یه سکوت میترکه اونجا واقعا خداوند مثل نور در تاریکی نماهین این که منو چشمامو بسته بودن دستامو بسته بودن به صندلی و از این ورم اول میزدن عیسی مسیح شاهد همونجا من دعا براتون میکردم میگفتم روز جمعه من شما رو از کنار خانوادهتون کشیدم بیرون شما از نمیدونم از خواب خوش جدا شدید این هی میزد من میگفتم شما ببخشید منو خدا بهتون برکت بده سوال من اینه الان نسبت به کسانی که به تو جفا رسوندن تو زندان درد کشیدی الان چه احساسی نسبت به اونا داری؟ شما به ما همونجا من دعا میکردم اینجا که دیگه گذشته و اصلا درداشم برامون شده ولی واقعا همیشه میگم خداوند نکنه یه موقع در درون من همونجور که داوود میگه در من تفتیش کن اگر چیزی هست به یادم بیار همیشه باز میارم میگم نکنه خدا یه موقع از اونا من رنجش به دل داشته باشم ولی همه جا موقعی از این زبان فقط برای بشارت خدا آفریده هر کس در کنار ما هستش ما باید این بشارت رو برسونیم چون معمولیت بود First time he was jail, uh, he came out and uh, they uh, write reports of what they did last month. And when I got his report, there was no mention of jail and anything. He just said, this month, the Lord sent me for a special mission. And then talked about 23 people, how they came in to Christ in jail. 
in one month. And that, that part really touches me when they were beating up, uh, beating up in uh, jail and he was saying, oh, I'm sorry for you. You had to get up so early and this is your day off and you came all the way for me, you know. <laughs> uh, the power, this is Holy Spirit. This is beyond human. That's the grace of God. And uh, when we get into tough situations for the sake of the Lord, his grace is always sufficient. So um, that's one thing about the persecuted church. They have such a boldness and confidence that Jesus will not leave them. Uh, here are three uh, lessons I'm going to share with you. One is that don't fall asleep, stay awake. That's the message from persecuted church to us very directly. You know why? Because one of our top leaders, and tomorrow I'm going to show uh, first time, First thing in the sermon, I'm going to show her life story. She was uh, uh, suicidal. She comes to Christ, and she, her mom, uh, plant many, many churches. One of the largest underground church church uh, networks in Iran. And um, I was, ma I managed to bring her to U.S. And she came, and she had about 400, 450 people in her network at that time. Now it's thousands. And uh, I said, you can do it here, from here with media and everything you can. And so she came, and she, but she wasn't happy. It was, and she was just miserable. I said, Padina, her name was Padina. Padina, you're so, you're free. Now you can shout and you can sing, you can witness, and there is no danger. Why are you, why are you not happy? She said, my heart is for Iran. I said, okay, I'm, I know what to do. I give you a part-time job to answer phones and do phone counseling. So people who come from Iran, you can minister to them. And it's like, okay, I'm ministering. So she did that for two, three months. And one day she just stepped into my office, said, Pastor Ramos, I've decided to go back. So what? It's dangerous. Why do you want to go back? And this is what she said. She said, there are many good Christians in America, but there is a spirit of drowsiness as if the Christians in America, many of them are sleepwalking. And as if Satan himself is singing lullaby, gradually falling asleep. And I see myself gradually falling asleep. I don't want that. And she went back. And it reminded me what she said to uh, the warning Jesus gives. Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The temptations are different in Eastern and Western civilization. Probably for us in the West is a temptation to be comfortable, um, uh, to be selfish, uh, to compromise with our faith and with sin and just, just relax and entertainment. But that's a temptation in the West. Uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he says, as long as it is they, we, he doesn't say I, we, you, all of us, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. God, Jesus is calling us to be alert. What God is doing and take advantage of times because it's day and then opportunities go away and then it's night and then you don't work. There are opportunities around the world that open up and many times Christians have missed it. Like Japan opened up for a few years after the war. And Russia opened up after uh, uh, prostroika and, and uh, openness of Russia. But it was just a short window. And, and 
we didn't do much as Christians to really establish. And right now there is an amazing, amazing historical uh, opportunity and openness to transform Iran. I'm going to share more, more about it. But the, the alertness, God is saying, be alert, be alert. Uh, I don't want to put ourselves too much down, but the action item here is decide to walk with him. That's our action item. Why do I, do I say that? Because for persecuted Christians, that's not an option. Walk or not walk with Jesus. They have to walk with Jesus. Without him, they die. They can't survive. There's nothing there. Their oppression, their harshness, their danger. They cannot survive. They have to cling to Jesus. And Jesus is all they have. They have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus every day, and they cannot live without it. But for us in the West, that's optional. You go to church or don't go to church, you're not going to die. <laughs> you read your Bible or don't read the Bible, pray or don't pray. Walk with Jesus or don't walk. It's, it's good to walk with Jesus. It's not a life and death situation. So I really value Christians in the West who walk with God because I say you have decided to do so. So first action item, decide to walk with Jesus. Listen number two. Make your life count for him. That's a desire I see in many of them. They don't have much, but they have their life. They don't, uh, even though it's dangerous for them and they may lose their lives, they don't have much money, much resources, but that's a supernatural desire that they will do something for God. I remember, uh, you know, we do some live broadcast, and it's amazing. We are in Dallas. I, I plant churches in California. I went to Dallas 2011 to start a 24-7 satellite broadcast. So if you're ever in Dallas, you're welcome to visit us. Uh, it, in Dallas, it's amazing. You go in a studio, turn the switch on, and you go into homes of millions of people, look at their eyes and talk about the love of God. Isn't that amazing? So one of the uh, days that we had a live program, uh, he, the, the, the man, a man called, and, and he said, you know, Pastor Ormos, I've come to Christ, and my life has not improved. It has got even worse. I'm, uh, I have health problems. I don't have job. I have financial problems. My, my family is against me. They tell me, we're going to turn you in. I, my life is in danger, and on and on and on of the negative thing. So I said, uh, okay, so you called me uh, to, to pray for you for these things. And she said, yeah, but I said, uh, no, 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 don't pray for these. So why did you call? I said, I, I have one prayer request. I don't want you to pray for these. My only prayer request for myself, and I want you to pray for me, is this. Lord, make my life count for you. Forget about the problems. That's my number one desire. And you know, uh, how that comes about is... Uh, they value what they got through Jesus. For us has been so commonplace that Jesus is the Savior and he saved me. For many of us, I don't judge all of us, but that's just normal for us. But for those who come from darkness to light, they value the light. They know what happened to some uh, young people call us and said, oh, where are you calling? And are you calling from your home? Well, if the government taps your wire, you know, you could get arrested. And many of these young people said, we don't care. I was dead anyway. What if they can kill me? And one of them was saying, I'm not afraid of them. 
They're afraid of me. That's why they want to put, me, put us in jail. They're afraid of our message. I'm not afraid. So the value of what Jesus has done, we need to focus on that and know why we were saved. We were saved to be co-workers with Christ. He said, follow me. Carry the cross. means participate in my work, participate in my glory, and participate in my suffering. That all comes in the same, same package. I remember training, uh, you know, as I said, media is the beginning, not the end. We identify leaders, we train them online, and then we bring them out for intensive face-to-face -face training. So one of those training weeks in, uh, um, it was in Turkey, as uh, one week, people, these people are so, so thirsty. I had several teachers, we would teach them from morning till 10 p.m., and all the teachers were tired and would go to bed, but these students, mostly young people, they were just starting at 10 every night. They would just start dancing, singing, worshiping, dancing, praying till 2, 2 a.m. So it was after the conference, and uh, they were supposed to go back the next day, and I saw them so joyful, singing to Jesus. And of course, in, inside the country, they cannot do that. They have to be very quiet. They cannot sing and so loud. Uh, and I was just like, so they're so joyful. And I said to myself, maybe I didn't teach them well enough. Maybe, maybe I should teach them about more persecution. Uh, you know, they, uh, they could be arrested tomorrow at the airport and be put in jail. And some of them may die. Do they know that? So I interrupted their Jesus party, kind of, sit, sit down, sit down. I have one more lesson. So they respectfully came and sat down. And I taught them about half hour about the reality of persecution. That's normal for Christians. Those who believe in Jesus, we are, will suffer just believing in Jesus, let alone serving him. And I told them, some of you may, be, uh, may have to pay the ultimate price, which is your life. And they respectfully listened to me, listened to me half hour patiently, and after that, one of them on, on the behalf of others said, Pastor Amos, don't worry about us. We know what we got into. When we were Muslims, we were ready to die for Allah, who was a distant and cruel God. How much more we are ready to die for Jehovah, who is an intimate and loving God. That's where it comes from. Um, amen. Let's, so the action item, decide to serve him. This is decision. Decide to serve him out of gratitude. Know your calling. We are called to be light. We are called to be salt. We are called to participate. In different ways, of course, we are differently gifted. But where God has put you, God, what is my part in your kingdom? If you focus on your problems, they will never go away. Life of problems, you solve this, and then I don't have time. I, this problem is once this is done, once my um, uh, finances are <clears throat> good, then I will serve. Or once I finish school, I mean, we all have excuses or, and problems come in, but uh, we have to decide, no, serving him is a part of me being a Christian is a part of my gratitude. That's another lesson. Number three lesson is, okay, that's the verse that goes with it. Um, that's, uh, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me 
My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Sometimes we read the, what Paul says, writes in here and others. He says, oh, great, Paul, you're a good Christian. Paul doesn't write these things for us to say, oh, great, Paul, I'm, I'm proud of you. Paul writes these things to demonstrate a normal Christian life. Let's follow that. And lesson number three, experience his presence and power as you go. Expect that. Expect God to be with you as you step out and serve him. It's not a bad expectation because he is faithful to his word. When he says in Matthew 28, when he says, go, all authority has given uh, to in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, and surely I, I am with you always. Does it go to the next? Okay, yeah. And surely I am with you always. Means as you go, as you go, I am with you always. Not sitting down. When you go, when you step out. And in the Mark says that signs and wonders will follow do follow you when you go. So there is something special. We about signs and wonders. We say, how come we don't see it much? There's some in America, but we don't see it much. Maybe one reason is. We don't go. We don't step into darkness. Even in America, there are places of darkness. I think if you step out, you will see more miracles there among drug addicts, prostitutes, and all. The darkest places in America. I think if we go and expect it, you will see, you will see miracles there. So he is always with you. And I have so many stories. Persecution is normal, but Jesus being faithful is also normal. He is faithful. He never leaves you, even in jail. So many stories. I want to just, just pick a couple. Uh, one I, rem I, I remember is uh, uh, there was a time, there was a phone call coming in, and our staff was saying, there is, a, there is a man who wants to talk to you. He insists. He calls every day, several times. I want to talk to Pastor Ormo. He said, no, we are here, our counselors, to help you. He said, no, I want to talk to him. And he insists. I said, so who, have you talked to him? What is his problem? What is his background? And he said, this guy was saved through our ministry when he was 19 years old, never contacted us until now, after years. And he learned, not only saved, he learned from us on media how to evangelize, which he did with his friends and family. Many came to Christ. He learned how to plant churches, which he did. He had many churches in his cities. By the age 22, he was the head of a network, small network in his city, without even, even telling us. And then he got arrested. He said, I got arrested at the age of 22. They put uh, five years for me in jail, uh, tortured me. And now I'm out. They said, this guy is out for one week. It's still six months of his jail time is still there. He said, they released him one week. Why? So he will get medical attention. He wasn't doing well. They told him, go get some medical attention and come back in six more months. And he insists to call you. I said, okay, I will talk to him. Next day, there's a phone call, and they said, okay, he's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. I never forget that day because I, I, I was walking to pick up the phone, 
and something was rushing into my mind. What, what am I going to talk? What is he? Why does he want to talk to me? And what am I going to answer him? I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I probably, probably he says, if God is powerful and I was serving him, why did God allow me to be arrested? Explain it to me. What I'm going to answer. And maybe he's going to say, okay, I got in jail, but they tortured me. If God is powerful, why did he allow them to torture me? Where was God when I was being tortured? And by the way, Pastor Hormoz, where were you when I was being tortured? You're in America relatively safe, and you tell us evangelize, plant churches, and we do, we get in trouble, and you're there. Where were you? So that was what I was thinking. I pick up the phone, and there is a sweet, sweet voice of a young man. Now, 27 years old, to arrested 22, now he's about 27. And he said, Pastor Thomas, I insisted to talk to you so I can encourage you to tell you what you're doing is right, is good, and continue. And don't worry about us. Jesus will never leave us. And he said, you know, when I was in jail, I had the honor, he used that word, I had the honor of being tortured for Jesus. Wow. And he said, do you know that Psalm 23? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you know the part that says, he sets a table before my enemies? He said, yeah. He said, how can you experience that verse if your enemies are not there? They have to be before my enemies. And then he used that word again. I had the honor of experiencing that verse in the torture chamber. That my torturers were there, but my sweet Jesus was with me. Don't worry. Let's go. Let's go ahead and do what you can do. So God does many things, never leaves us, never forsakes us, gives us the boldness to step out. All these promises is when you step out. It's protection. It's in the war that you protected. If you're not in a war sitting, you know, if you go, he will, he will protect you. He'll give you the, the grace. And so many supernatural um, happening. I want to share another one since we have some time. One of our leaders was um, going, he was distributing Bibles. And um, by the way, this is a little funny side story. For several years, we had a big warehouse with open doors, smuggling Bibles, and by tens of thousands, putting the in the warehouse and, and distributing among different networks by thousands. And uh, the funny part is, they asked us to find a place and rent it, and we find the best place. It was by the police station. Actually, their cameras would catch our trucks going in and out with the Bibles. And uh, that's, that's how God works, even among the, your enemies, protects you. But uh, one of our leaders was taking uh, Bibles to uh, another city, a uh, single man. He put boxes of Bibles in the back of his car, and he was going over the highways. And you know, when you, you have a light, cheap car, and you put heavy things in the back, what happens? It gets tilted. And so he was alone driving on the highways, and police saw, okay, this man, and the car is tilted. There's something back there. They stopped him. 
And, you know, if in Iran you, you are caught with one Bible, you may be in trouble. You, but if you're caught with boxes, you're seriously in trouble because that's a proof you're serving. You're, first of all, you're connected to a network. So they torture you to get names. Number two, you are serving. So you're long-term torture and long-term um, jail. So he knew, he knew he was, so he said that my heart is going, and I would, it was God, I'm going to do, I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do this. God, help me, help me. So the police, the police officer comes and says, hey, what's in the back? He said, um, it, it's book, it's, it's books, officer. Come and show me. And he said, I took my time and I opened the door and my heart was going. I said, God, save me. God, God, make him blind. God, would you make him blind? God, would you make him blind? Make him blind. Oh, that's my one sentence prayer. So I go back and open the trunk and the police officer comes and opens a couple of those boxes and he says, you are such a liar. These are not books. These are blank papers. There's nothing in them. He he, he, he could not read the, the text of the Bible. He just, God is a God of miracles. He steps in with his grace when we need it, if we step out for him. Father, I'm so thankful for your love and grace. Thank you for your bold church. Lord, we are one church, Lord, as we are serving the persecuted church. You're serving us, Lord. Lord, make us alive. Make us alert in America to know what you're doing, not just in America, around the world, that we might join you and be a partner with you to transform lives and transform nations, Lord God. Thank you for this church that has a heart for missions, Lord, that I know this is your heart. Your heart is a heart for missions, Lord. I bless this church as they seek to impact their city, their country and the nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.